Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 1010 Project Podcast. My name is Josh Turner. And as always, thank you so much for joining us and listening to the conversations that we're having with some great leaders, pastors, business guys uh, all throughout the United States. A quick update of what is going on with 1010 before we jump into today's podcast. Uh, We recently launched uh, two new projects back at the end of February, beginning of March with about 27, 28 guys. And so I would just ask that you would keep them in your prayers as they begin their year-long journey with 1010. And then I believe about two weeks ago, uh, Project five, we took all of our guys through uh, their week-long counseling intensive, and man, it was absolutely incredible. Um, Every time we do those, uh, it is amazing to see what the whole what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of guys that are willing to be in healthy relationships and have healthy conversations about the things in their past and where they want to go in their future. So as always, just keep all these guys uh, in your prayers. And we have some exciting news coming up that we will let you know about soon um, for some things involving women and worship pastors and worship leaders and all that sort of stuff that we're really, really excited about. And we feel like um, God is bringing us the right people to kind of step in to some of these new places. So keep all that in your prayers as well. Uh, But today on the podcast, man, I'm joined by one of my really close friends. Uh, You probably know him best uh, from leading Passion Band, uh, the Passion Conferences, Passion City Church Worship on the weekends, uh, Christian Stanfield. Christian has a new album called Make It Out Alive, which is really that you'll hear us talk a lot about. It's really about his personal journey And uh, I think it's probably one of the favorite podcasts I've done, not only because of my friendship with Christian, but just his transparency and his authenticity and about the redemptive story of God in his own life. So without further ado, here's the podcast and the interview with my good friend, Christian Stanfield. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are here with actually one of my good friends, uh, and it's really an honor to have him on the podcast with us. You will know him um, as I call him the Golden Throated Angel. Uh, you will know him. You will know him um, from the Passion Band, um, leading worship at Passion Conference. Uh, he has a new album that just came out that we're actually going to talk about. But my good friend is with us, Christian Stanfield. And so, Christian, thanks for being with us, man, today on the podcast. I love being with you, bro. I love it. You know, I love talking with you, hanging with you. So yeah, dude, it's this, is, uh, this, this feels like cheating. Like I get like, this is part of like my schedule today is get to hang with my buddy, Josh. I love this. Well, and that's what I was just telling my wife. I was like, she's like, who are you doing the podcast with? I was like, Christian. She goes, Oh, that's going to be fun. Cause you guys just talk anyway. So yeah. So yeah. for, for everybody that doesn't know us, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. Well, uh, married to Carrie. It'll be 19 years in May. Nice. And she is amazing. I love her. Crazy about her. I like her. Um, and then, uh, which is a good distinction to make, you know, love Very good. and like are, you know, two different things. Very but good. I love her and I like her. Uh, we have four kids. Isaac is 16. Nora is 13. Elle is 10. And Indy is eight. So we're, Y'all are we're, in like it, in the, we're in the throes of parenting teenagers and um and four kids it's it's a ride every day i mean you know you get oh it. yeah yeah um so yeah, i so that's, so that's where we're at so last time uh for riley's birthday our daughter's birthday isaac was over at the house and everybody was buying his t-shirts 
that he <laughs> has right. designed. So if anyone's yeah. listening, and, and this is just a shout out to Isaac, because yeah. we love Isaac. If anyone, is there any place that they can go online and buy his t-shirts? Or is it just well, like, is he just, because I just seen running around passion with like a bag, like slanging t-shirts to people. Yeah, you know that's, right. I mean? <laughs> that's right. It's very underground, you know, out of the back of, you know, our, you know <laughs> an El Camino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the parking lot of Passion City Church, just like throwing t-shirts at people. Yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. But he is going to set up. It, so his brand is called Fearfully Made. Yeah, um, which is it's it's very cool. Like the way his spin on it, his take on the design and everything is very cool. Uh, he's setting up a Shopify and he'll get out. But right now, man, it's pretty cool because it's like very underground. Just friends and family are wearing the shirts, and yeah, I'm proud of him, man. He's He's such a creative kid. He sees the world in such a beautiful way. And um, yeah, the future is so bright for him. I'm yeah, so excited. He, he's a good kid, bro. He showed up he at is. Riley's birthday party wearing like a Bucky's onesie. And <laughs> I, was, right. I go, what in the world are you doing, dude? That's right. So, he came home from a school field trip. And he his, the, the highlight was that they stopped at Bucky's and he came down, he came home dressed as a beaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he rarely takes it off. Hey, if that's all we have to worry about with our teenage boys, dude, we're doing good. You know, <laughs> I know what I mean? At this point in life. I'm good. I'm good with that. So but yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're here in Atlanta. Um, we have been, I mean, I'm born and raised here in Atlanta, yeah. but we got married and, and been here ever since um, part of passion city church since it started in 09. And yeah, um, been a part of passion since 2005 and then the church started in 09 and, um, yeah, man, we're just doing it. We're doing it with amazing people like you guys, Louie and Shelly, the yep. team here. It's awesome. Well, dude, it's been, it's, um, for everybody, you know, we went on such a weird journey, lose, leaving our old church and everything we went through and like passion has just been that place to allow us to, to heal and become whole and becoming friends with you guys and the Vogeltans and the Johnsons and everybody has just been one of the best things uh, for our family as a whole. And so we love you. You know that, same, but here's, same, here's, what I wanna, here's what I want to talk about with you. Like most people know you, you know, uh, musically, so to speak from the passion band leading at passion conference, leading on the weekends at passion. Um, but really kind of during the pandemic and, and through some of your own story, you recently came out with your own album, which is a new album. And uh, it's a super personal album for you it's not like your traditional you know corporate worship type of um album and so i'd love for you to share a little bit about that like where did that where did that album come from mm -hmm. um and then i just want to talk to you about that um because i know your story and i think it's very um helpful to a lot of people out there yeah <clears throat> well yeah i think that's one of the reasons we became quick friends Yes, because one of the first times we hung out, I mean, we just went there. And I mean, yeah. if anybody knows you over tacos, yeah, over tacos. That's <laughs> right. We just went there We're like, hey, here's here's all the dirt and here's the dish. Here's what's going on. And I was like, I can hang with this guy. This yeah. is what relationship is like with Josh Turner. I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, I mean, 2020, I, I think you know, people might be a little tired of talking about 2020 and hearing yeah. about it, but it was a, a very catalytic year. It, it initiated some pretty significant change for me personally and our family. And, you know, when the schedule clears and everything gets canceled that year in your home, um, I was forced to take a hard look in the mirror and look at some things in my life that needed to change like drastically. Yeah. Um, and 
it, toward the end of the year in November, um, I, it, it became really clear that I needed to stop drinking. That was mm-hmm. that that had become um, a real problem for me. Yeah. Um, I would use the word addiction. Yeah. And um, my wife knew my my closest friends knew pretty soon. I brought Louie and Shelly into the picture yeah. and just said, like, hey, I'm not OK. This has become a real problem and I need help. Yeah. And um, and that started the process of going. I went to uh, on site. I went to yep. uh, in Cumberland Furnace in Tennessee. Yep. It was a, a life changing experience for me meeting other people who were on the same journey mm-hmm. as I was and yeah. in a process of recovery. I didn't know that. Um, and this is one of the things that got me in trouble. I didn't know you could be honest like that. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that there were people out there who wanted just to buried, like just buried inside of you like a good Christian. <laughs> exactly. Just <laughs> stuff it down. You know, yeah, yeah. just having dinner with my shame every night. <laughs> so, so I, I went to onsite and um, pretty quickly realized that I was there not to deal with the topical stuff, but I was there to really do some excavation and like dig yeah. down deep and look at some things that I had never taken the time and yeah. really hadn't had any help yeah. with it either, but I hadn't taken the time to look at it. And that, as you know, Josh, it is really hard work. It's For very, sure. it's, it's such hard, hard work. It just, it just, um, it's surgical. It's like you lay down it on is. the table and you just get spliced open and, um, or sliced open. So through that process of, uh, you know, going to onsite and then, just through the the journey of sobriety and recovery, I started writing these songs and the songs were more like sonic journal entries than, than anything else. They weren't like, Oh, for I sure. Wasn't, I wasn't compiling a, a bunch of songs to make a record. I mean, that's the honest truth. It wasn't you, like, I'm going to make a record one day. You can tell that listening to it. You yeah. can, you can almost tell, and I'm going to ask you about some of the lyrics, but you can tell in your writing that this isn't a guy that set out to create an album. This was a guy that, that started writing songs as a way to heal and, and as some therapy. Yeah, in a way. exactly. And um, so as I started to write the songs though, and I started to get really connected to these, my heart started to really connect to the music and I also started to meet a lot of people who felt very alone. Yeah. They felt very alone in their recovery journey or in their addiction or just in the brokenness of life. They're like, I feel like I'm on an island. For sure. And I, I felt, I felt, um, I sensed that God was leading me to compile these songs and start communicating this part of the story so that with whatever platform or leadership that I had or have, I could help people maybe start having those conversations that yeah. honestly, Josh saved my life. Like yeah. these conversations that I, I had finally being honest and open with people and with God, it changed my life. It saved yeah. my life. So I wanted that so bad and still do. I want that so bad for, for people, for everybody. So that, that was how make it out alive yeah. uh, came to be. Well, dude. And, and I think, you know, you posted, um, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but you posted on your Instagram, uh, two years sober. Yeah. And, and I remember you and I having a conversation and I just was telling you like, bro, I'm, 
as your friend, I'm so proud of you mm. that you stepped out publicly and did that because there's so many people and in, in the space that 1010 is and dealing with pastors and, you know, Christian business leaders and worship leaders and all that sort of stuff. There is this idea of, I have to hide everything. You know, I have to for push sure. it down because most of us, everybody in our life either works for us or goes to our church. So there is this place that we have to uh, put on the front that we have it all together. And I and I was so proud of you because I feel like when you came forward and said, hey, this is what I did. And you just posted on Instagram out of nowhere that that probably gave people who really look up to you because of the platform the Lord's given you um, the opportunity to say, oh, I'm not OK. And that's and that's all right. Yes. Um, and so, dude, I just thought it was awesome. And then in a side note, and, and I've already told you this, but one of the, the coolest things for me was, um, you know, my son's about to be 20 and he was mm -hmm. at Passion this past year um, at the conference and he came home and he said, and he obviously knows you personally, but he was like, man, it was so cool watching Christian lead because he led with a totally like, like mm. freedom in a different spirit. He goes, there was just mm. something different about the way that Christian led. And I really think that a lot of that comes from you coming out of some of the hiding that you were in or the things that you were trying to keep under wraps. And, and I would say for everyone listening, like, I think that's just a good lesson. So many times we, we do things and we work out of our wounds or we work out of our hiding and it's actually hindering us from the way that the Lord is calling us to do ministry in the way that he is calling us to do it. So I, to I totally agree, man. I, I, and I would just say, I'm um, first of all, that, that's amazing. Um, Gosh. Uh, but I, I would say that what I've experienced in the last two and a half years is that, you know, when Paul says in my weakness, mm -hmm. then I am strong and I have experienced, and I, I think people understand my heart. When I say this, I, I say this with a tremendous amount of, um, or try just humility, but yeah. I have since in the last two and a half years, more authority and more presence of mind and more, um, availability to yeah. my gifting yep. beca because I'm operating out of this place of, of my weakness. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah. I, it has forced me to a place of dependence yep. that I, I have not experienced before in my yeah. life. And that kind of dependence leads to a kind of authority that we mm -hmm. have that you and I, you know, so it, it, I love, I love that he, that he said that it's beautiful. Yeah. So, so on your song, which the album's called make it out alive, but you have a song obviously called make it out alive and you, and you make yeah. a, you, you have a line that says it's going to take some time. Healing always does mm -hmm. like, and I think that's so important for, to, for people to understand like that healing is not just a one-time thing, that it is a process that happens over time. Kind of what did that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what I fell prey to was this idea of like healing is like overnight success. Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to go to this counseling session or I'm just going to tell all my friends everything that happened. And then I'm going to wake up the next day and I'm like, Oh, I think good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Everything's good now. Yeah. But, but the truth was, is that it actually got harder before it got easier. Yeah. It got like way darker before it got brighter. So yeah. I had to descend even deeper mm -hmm. into my own brokenness and the addiction and all of that and understand what was really down there. And that is again, hard, hard. very, very painful. Yeah. It's very painful to it like go down there and it takes time and it takes help. You can't do it alone. And I know we'll talk about that in a bit, yeah. but 
Um, it, you can't do it alone. It takes time. And so I, I wrote Make It Out Alive when I was just about um, a year sober. So yeah. I, I, had, I had journeyed almost a year and I was looking back at where I had come from and I was so happy that I had, I had, I mean, to use an onsite, I almost tried to put this in the song. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I had trusted the process. Yeah. Yeah. One, one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, but it is, it, it takes time and it takes vigilance and it takes commitment, mm-hmm. um, that healing process. Yeah. We were, uh, I was, you and I were just talking, we were at, um, counseling last week with a bunch of pastors and it's the very thing they said is actually what you just said that often the way forward feels like you're going backwards first. And yes. to me, to me, it, 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 it makes me think of a slingshot, right? Mm-hmm. Like to go forward, you got to pull it back and you've got to go to deal like alcohol addictions, whatever that is. You know, I sell, I tell everybody, I call it our favorite sin. We all have our favorite sin. Like where yeah. we get unhealthy, we go to that thing. I could probably describe it better, but I just say favorite sin. Um, I, may, I, I completely understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah. the place that you go when you get unhealthy, and that's usually always just a symptom of a deeper issue. And for you to be able to deal with that deeper issue, you have to go back to where that issue came from to be able to reconcile with it. And I think that's what people are so afraid of at times in counseling. Um, and that's why, bro, I just, for all the pastors that have been through 1010 and done the counseling and the onsite and all the sort of stuff that we do and that you've done, and I just commend you because it is hard work. And it is a thing of like, I don't want to deal with this because it is a painful thing to go backwards. Yes. Um, so one of the things that you said too, I think that was super important in the song, make it out alive um, is you said, embrace the road that you're walking. Mm. Um, and, and one of the things, you know, that I've noticed a lot is even last week, we were talking about guys that had been abused, whether it was, you know, from families of origin, from pastors, from, you know, name it. And it's like, we have this problem embracing that something had happened to us mm. or that we had been through something. We want to separate from that. And it's so important to be able to say, Hey, this is what happened to me, or this is what I've been through. What did that look like for you embracing when you went back at onsite and you don't have to get into the details, sure. but what was kind of the process of you having to embrace, Hey man, I really do have an addictive personality and I really do have this, like, what did that look like? Yeah, for me, it looked like leaning into it and not yeah. trying to run from it. Yeah. So that was the bigger deal for me is was uh l- being able to look at the addiction or the brokenness in my past that was affecting what I was doing in my you know presently leaning into that and letting um uh, committing to the work. Yeah. Um which I think a lot of times when something hard happens it's it's what you just said we have all these things we do to cope yeah. when things feel hard and feel like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go do this instead. Yeah. But it was very clear in this season for me personally, in my life to, I had to lean into it. I couldn't yeah. look to the left or the right. I had to just embrace it. Mm-hmm. This is the road I'm on and I'm going to be on this road until I'm not on this road. Yeah. And yeah. then <laughs> and whenever God decides I'm not on this road anymore, um, turns out there are parts of that road that I'm going to be walking for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, and later on, even in make it out alive, um, it says, step into the furnace, let the yep. fire serve its purpose. Yep. And it's, it's painful there, but it, yeah. that's part of embracing 
embracing the, the road that you're walking is going. I, I want this to do its full work in me so yeah. that I can not only be a better human, a better husband, a better father, a better man, but yeah. also so I can be more like Jesus. That's yep. at the other end of this thing. It's sanctification. For sure. It's, I want to look more like Jesus at the end of the, at the end of this than before. So yeah, that that's what that's about. It, it is so funny to me, man. And, and especially in the Christian world, um, the, the first time that we did our, our counseling with 1010, I watched all these pastors. Um, we go around a circle and you kind of say like some of the things that you're struggling with. And I watched all of them and I probably did it too. And just didn't recognize it because, you know, you can see sure. stuff in other people sometimes before you see it in yourself. Um, they wrapped up their struggles in spiritual language to make it more palatable to them. Mm. And, and that's the thing that I think sometimes, you know, that I would just encourage everyone listening and pastors like, you can hide in Christianity, right? Like you can, you can not deal with what you're dealing with and wrap it up in this super spiritual language or, you know, God's grace is enough. And yes, God's grace is enough, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to say, Hey man, I have an addiction or this happened to me, or this is whatever. And for me to walk through this, I have to actually acknowledge that this happened to me as I walk through it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm such a huge fan of what you're saying. I, I, the way I've, I've told people I've encouraged people is get oddly specific about yeah. what's going on in your life. Yes. We have, we have learned, I grew up, you know, in church and I, I love the church. I'm a product of the church I'm yeah, me too. because of the church. I love the church. Yeah. Um, I'm a product of the church and bad decisions, but it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. All the good. Yeah. A lot of the good things. Or because of the church, but yeah. um, I have learned how to speak in spiritual generalities and yes. I, I've learned how to be, um, you know, broadly specific, yeah. but I, I've, I've encouraged myself and other people get oddly specific with people and then just leave it there. Like yeah. I've learned to just shoot a text to, to my guys and just say like, today I am tempted to blah, 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 or yep. this happened this morning with my son and it's it's making me want to X, Y, or Z and just yep. leave it there. Yep. Don't, don't put any, I just need someone to know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was actually one of the things that on site that was so helpful is we dealt with this, the, the biology of the addicted mind. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like I learned what was actually, cause I am flesh and bone. God made me flesh and bone and tissue and all these things. There's something happening biologically in me as an addict. I needed to know what is happening. Yeah. And that was super helpful. And it cut through all of the, um, the churchy religious talk. And it just, this is what's happening in your brain, in your brain when you have a drink. Yeah. Oh, well, that's really helpful. Yeah. So yep. yeah, get specific. Sorry to go yeah. a little. Right. No, no, no. I think I think it's important, and I think exactly what you just said. Understanding not necessarily always just the biology, but also having a language to be able to say what's happening. Because most of yes. us, we unless you've been in counseling for a while, like you, you don't have the right language to be able to articulate the way you feel, what's happening, what has happened, which makes it very hard to be able to grasp and and explain actually to yourself what is going on. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so I love what you're saying. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned, which uh, kind of leads into the next thing I want to talk about was you talked about, man, you've got a group of friends that you text like, hey, when my son does this, when he's selling T-shirts with a T-shirt cannon at Passion City, shooting them from the front row onto the stage, uh, it makes me want to do this or whatever. So you, one of the other songs that I loved was uh, you have a song called We Need People. Yeah. And man, you, I, I. I know your story. I know how close you are with, with a bunch of the guys at passion. How important were your friends in getting you to the place where you're like, Hey, I need help. But then how important were they in actually helping you walk the process out? Mm. I mean, Josh critically important. It was crucial to me. And unfortunately it took this kind of bottoming out for me personally to really see how deep these relationships and Mm -hmm. how deep these friendships go. Yeah. Um, Because these guys specifically Jeff Johnson and Bryson Vogel fans. Yep. um, My wife first. Yeah. uh, The way that she responded, she reached out to these two guys Mm -hmm. first and said, you need to come, you need to come get your boy. You need to come help him. help him." Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they showed up at my house the the night it was as as dark as it as it got and they sat there in my front yard in in just soaked in so much grace and in so much truth Mm -hmm. helped helped me take the first step toward getting healthy yeah and and getting sober and um those relationships you know through through the process of the last two and a half years just seeing um, how important I, I, again, I couldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today without Jeff, Bryson, Louie, Shelly, my wife, guys like you who have been able to just walk with, um, we can't do it on our, on our own. And I think we have this, um, you know, mentality or or pride that says, you know, I can do it by myself. I don't need anybody. It's not that bad. I don't need to involve other people. But the truth is, man, that's, that's where the, that's sort of the secret weapon in this whole thing is, For sure. is getting linking arms with other people and going, let's do this together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was super, super important. We need people was the last song that I wrote for the project. Yeah. Um, I, I knew that we needed to have that facet that like refracted light on the project. Yeah. Um, because the story is incomplete without saying we have to have people, we can't yeah. do this alone. Well, and I think that's the, the really dude, the, the awesome thing about this album is it really is your journal, your journal of your journey. Like mm-hmm. it, you, you can really tell. And I love the phrase uh, in the song, we need people. Um, you said, here's to the ones who know your secrets and don't see you any different. Do, do you feel like that was like a fear for you when you were going through your stuff and you were hiding stuff like, okay, it, holy cow, if people know this about me, they're going to look at me, not as quote unquote, Christian Stanfield, the singer of passion. They're going to, they're going to view me differently. Oh, that was why I shut it all shut it all over here. I stuffed yeah. it all down deep because I thought, well, I can't, I can't say, I can't tell people like what I'm really struggling with or yeah. what's going on, but the opposite happened, Josh. Yeah. So first with Carrie, uh, then with Jeff and Bryson. Yeah. 
um, my parents for sure. Um, and then Louie and Shelly. And, yeah. you know, one, one of the, the scariest phone calls I had to make was to, to, to Louie. Yeah. Yeah. And to call him up and go, I need to talk to you and to tell him what was going on and that I needed help and that um, there was this, you know, addiction and brokenness. And, and I'm just like waiting for the hammer to drop. Yeah. Yeah. As, and, as, as most guys are. And I think that's most guys, they, they, they self-isolate because they're afraid to tell their board. They're afraid to tell their pastor. They're afraid to tell their friends. And so how did Louie respond to you in that moment? Louie responded like everybody else responded. Louie yeah. said, there is nothing that you could tell me. There's nothing that you could do that would make me love you any less. Dude, that is, I mean, I remember you telling me that when we were eating tacos and crying together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and bro, that got me because I, I think that what all of us desire, and I would say that I desire is a spiritual father figure like that in your life that he is just, you know, we use the phrase spiritual son, right? And a lot of the danger in that is sometimes we have spiritual fathers as long as we are valuable as a spiritual son. Mm, and, and you had a spiritual father and that comes out of my own wounding. So I don't make that a hundred percent, you know, across the board, but you had a spiritual father that in your darkest moment, you weren't a liability to him. That's right. And dude, That's I just right. think that that gave me so much, not that I didn't already respect Louis, um, but it gave me so much more respect and love for him as to sit up under his teaching and to allow him to speak into my family um, because of the way that he responded to you in, in yes. that brokenness. And so um, I just think it's amazing. It, it, it is amazing. And that, that is who he is. And I should, I should say too, you know, my, my mom and dad um, responded the same way. Yeah. So I, I should say that, that I have these amazing yeah. parents and spiritual parents and yeah. friends and a wife yeah. who all responded in the same way. And they all said, we're, we're here for you. Now it sucks. Yep. And there are consequences. Yep. And there's a lot, there's a lot of work that has yeah. to be done. And honestly, Josh, we're, we're still in it. Yeah. But, but we love you. Yeah. And we're going to help you take this step. Well, there's a, and, and this, and you're in one of the other lines in the song, you said, here's to the ones who just sit and listen and don't try to fix it. And I think that that, that is a very good, it's, it's Romans 12, 15, right? We, we weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Like sometimes the yeah, best bro. thing you can do is just sit with someone and cry. Now that doesn't mean that we cover their sin. That doesn't mean that we cover their problems. It doesn't mean that we give them allowance to do those things, but you can just be a friend and sit there and cry with them yes. and not be like Job's friends who tried to fix everything or give him all the reasons that things were going wrong or that he did, but also bring the truth of like, Hey man, you, this is going to be a process and this is a road and there's going to be some consequences and we're going to have to work through some things. And so, um, I just, I loved that song, dude. I, I probably listened to it honestly three or four times yesterday, not only taking notes for this interview, but like just thinking of the friends in my life that God has brought um, you being one of them to like you that you could call at any given moment and say, yeah. I'm in a bad place and you're going to have people show up and sit with you. 
and the sitting is not the allowance, but it's the the friendship that man, we're going to help you walk through this. It's presence. Yes. Sometimes just the gift of our presence is all that we need to give. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we 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 a lot of times feel like we have to fix it, like you're saying, but more times than not, the greatest gift that someone has given me is just the pr- their presence or just their listening ear. I had a conversation yeah. with another dad yesterday on the phone because I reached out to him. I was like, I'm, I need, I need help as a dad today. This is really frustrating yeah. and hard. And I feel like a failure and all these things. And we just got on the phone and talked literally for 10, 12 minutes. Yep. It wasn't an hour. An hour. It was like, dude, I can relate. You're yep. not a failure. You're yep. doing great. Keep going. I'm here yep. for you. Thanks, bro. That's what I needed to hear. Love you. Hang up. Yep. Like, so that's all it takes sometimes. Bro, I remember when I went through my season of leaving our church in Orlando and I had all these emotions. Sometimes what I needed was just a friend to say, you're not crazy in the way you feel. Like you should feel that way. Cause otherwise you're like, I'm going nuts right now. And someone goes, nope, you should be feeling like you're going nuts right now. That's part of the journey. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. um, It's a big deal. One of the other songs that you have um, is Grace. And you, you say a line that you say, when you draw the line a thousand times that you cross again, chasing down that lie. Was that, was that a process that you felt yourself doing before you really, you know, went through onsite and all that, that you would continually be like, you know, we've all done this. Like, this is my favorite thing where it's like, you know, Sunday morning, you're like, Lord, I'm never doing this again. I give it all to you. And it's yes. like Tuesday and you're like, God, I did it again. Like, you know, whatever the, whatever the yes. case may be. Yes. This is the last time. I know I said last time was the <laughs> yeah, last yeah. time, but this is the last time. Yeah. God yes. ditto on the prayer on Sunday. Just run it back. So right, just run it back. Yeah. Uh copy paste. Yeah. Um <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, every every line on this record is autobiographical for sure. Yeah. But I think everybody can relate to to that line you just said, you know, whether it's uh you know addiction related to addiction or if it's relational or if it's something yeah. in parenting or whatever, I'm not gonna do this again. I'm yeah. I'm 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 gonna change. And then, you know, a month later, a week later, a day later, you find <laughs> yeah. yourself over the For line again. Sure, dude. And man, I mean, I just, I, I hate that that's a part of the story. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is a part of my I think story. That's a, sure. Bro, I think that's a part of the story for everybody. A hundred percent. I just don't think people are sometimes as willing to be honest with themselves. Yes. You know what I mean? But the message, right. The message about that song and that even that line specifically is like whether whatever side of the line I'm on, Jesus is there with all yeah, of his grace. For sure. So whether I'm on this side of the line or I'm not going to do this again, or whether I'm on this side of the line, I did it again. Jesus is there going, I'm oh, here good. with you. That's I've good. got grace. There is grace for you today. Yeah. Now that's not that again. I mean, back to, you know, Paul and Romans, that doesn't mean we just keep crossing the line. For sure. That's called that cheap grace dog. Right. It, it, grace. It, it, it initiated. And this is what this new revelation of grace did for me personally in my life. It initiated a real like deep affection for God and yeah. his grace. And it, it initiated a change because you see like, oh my, you were with me. Yeah. Like in the, in the, in the deepest, darkest pit that I was in, you For were sure. right there. Yeah. You were there the whole time. 
You weren't he's, waiting at the top of you weren't waiting at the rim of, of the hole up here. Yeah. Going, I hope you get yourself out. It <laughs> yeah. flowed down into yeah. the, into the yeah. pit. And he's like, I'm here and I love you. Isn't it weird how sh- like shame makes us feel like God is just standing behind us with his arms crossed, like disappointed in us all the time. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, yes. that is, that is one that has always probably been like my greatest struggle with the grace of God, because mm-hmm. I know all the reasons I'm unlovable and all the times mm-hmm. that I've crossed that line again. And at some point I think God just wants to be like, Jesus, I've had enough of this guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cut just, him off. <laughs> yeah. Throw the lightning bolt. Like it's just, yeah, right. you know, and I always say like, dude, I think so many times we've confused God and Zeus. And what we think mm. is God is sitting on a, a throne in heaven with wow. a handful of lightning bolts, just going, do it again, see what happens. Wow. Do it again, see wow. what happens. And and when right. you read scripture, that is not at all who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, one of the best books for that, I don't know if you've ever read it, if anyone's listening, it's a book called Gentle and Lowly. Um, mm, and I did read that. Yeah. Holy cow. And there's only two, two phrases that Jesus used to describe himself is that he's gentle and lowly. And that that book and Prodigal God by Timothy Keller have been the two books that have helped me, I would say, even you know, being a pastor for 18 years, continue to have the most accurate picture of God's grace for me in my own yes. stupidity. Oh wow. So, wow. So That's what beautiful man. So what man doing during the season, you kind of just said a little bit, but like what did God teach you about his grace and his son through suffering? Hmm. Well, there's that word perseverance. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you persevere in this stuff and you persevere through it and it produces something good. It produces something godly produces something that, um, that glorifies the father. I think that's, that is the one thing, um, or not the one thing, but the first thing that comes to mind is persevering in it and through it. Um, that was a big deal. Um, and that he gives you the strength to get through it. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly right. Right. So I, I think there's, there's that part of it. And then, like I said, you know, just growing up in church and hearing the, you know, reading scripture and, and Easter and the cross and the resurrection and all these things, it just becomes like, almost like I've heard it so much. And uh, one of the greatest gifts of this season has been that all of uh, it's, it's all made so real in these yeah. seasons of life. Yeah. Um, when you turn around and he is still there. Yeah. And, and he, but he doesn't, he doesn't leave you where you are. Yeah. He's like, let's, let's, I have a dream for your life. I have a yeah. plan for you. Yeah. There's kingdom work that I have for your hands to do. So let's, let's go, let's go do it. Um, so I, I think uh, it, it's been, it's like, I, I recently was reminded of that, that quote by Gypsy Smith, who is an evangelist, yeah. who uh, somebody asked him, they said, you know, how, 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 how does revival start or whatever? And Gypsy Smith said, get a piece of chalk, draw a circle on the ground, stand inside of that circle and ask God to bring revival to everything inside of that circle. Yeah. That's how revival starts. Yeah. And this, this season of life for me was kind of like that, like drawing a circle, getting inside of it and going, God, I just need you to revive what's inside of this circle. Yeah. 
so that I can participate in the work that you have for me to do, um, or or so that I can I can um, I can I can be a good husband or a yeah. good father, like all that. So that that's in a lot of ways now. That's what I almost I see this season as this personal revival for me and my family. How is it like, and we alluded to what my, my son said about you leading at passion, you know, you're, you're primarily known as a guy that gets up in front of thousands of people and leads worship and all that. How do you feel like it has made you in your calling a better worshiper mm. and, and not just a better worshiper, but the ability to lead others in worship? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a great question. I'm a great interviewer, dude. You're a I great mean, I just interviewer. Did... <laughs> yeah, bro, this is not a ha- Is this a video uh, interview or is this no, just audio? No, it's just I, audio. Okay, listen, listener, I want you to hear me right now. The room that Josh is sitting in, <laughs> let me just paint this picture. Many leather bound books, uh, many uh, animal heads on the wall, some birds. <laughs> Uh, you probably shot and killed all those animals, didn't you? I, I did. Yeah, I did shoot them. Yeah. You can't, in my Look opinion, as a hunter, you can't hang animals in your room that you did not, you <laughs> yeah, know. Right. I'll use the right word, right. harvest yourself. Harvest. Uh, wow. Yeah. See, I don't even know. I don't even know the language. No, that just it. that's just so we make our feels ourselves feel better. We are like, yeah, sure. Look at this beautiful creature that God created. Let's kill it. You know, like. I'm going to harvest this creature now <laughs> for for its its meat and and, and its pelts <laughs> and its pelts. Put them on my wall. Am I a fur trapper? What is happening? Uh, <laughs> great. Oh, Sometimes God. when I see what you guys do with ten ten, though, I wonder, like, are you guys out there just you know fur trapping and hunting and all these things? <laughs> It's amazing what you guys this last doing, right? two weeks ago. We were just trying not to kill guys on snowmobiles. Good night. I saw that. I saw that. Dude, we had a couple of wrecks that were sketchy. <laughs> like it's so bizarre, uh, man. It's yeah. amazing. What it's beautiful. Everything that you guys do out there, it's incredible. But what was sorry? What was the question? What were how how? Yeah, sorry. We we segued in that sorry. one. That um, was my fault. That was my no fault. no no. It's good. It's good. Um, how how has what you've been through made you a better worshiper? But not just a better worshiper, but a better leader to lead people in uh, worship. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, personally, just being in touch with my capacity for brokenness or my capacity mm. for sin, my own depravity being in touch with that and being in touch with the fact that without the grace of God or the healing touch of Jesus or the promises I have in his word, I, I am hopeless. I'm lost. Yeah. And that's not just like talk. That's actually something that like, you, I'm you, currently, you get it now I'm experiencing. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think there's, there's that part of it. Um, knowing every time I lead now it's, I lead from this deep place of like, this is all grace. This yeah. is just such a gift. And I think the other the other thing that that really has affected me as I lead people is knowing that the room is full of people who are yeah. struggling. They are broken. They are going through impossible situations. Do you life. feel like it was hard for you to connect with that before? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah, I would. It was say like yes. a, like I you would, knew it mentally, mentally, but to feel yes. it, it's different. It's the difference between information and revelation, right? So I can walk through the halls of my church or our church and go, 
I met that person and they're going through this and this person's going through this, but to actually plumb the depths of your own depravity and then go back up and lead. You're like, Oh my gosh, man, these people, they, they just, they need, they need a breath of real oxygen, like just one breath that they're like, they're here. Just the fact they're in the room is a miracle. Yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely changed my approach. And even as a songwriter, trying to bring some of that, that visceral um, humanness to yeah. the songwriting process yeah. and go, gosh, how can we cross that chasm of like, we're up here and you're out there, you know, this is yeah. passion music and you're what it's like, no, let's, how do we cross that chasm and go, yeah. we are, we all need Jesus. Yeah. This it, is the deepest need we have. It makes me think of a, a quote that I heard by Charles Swindoll a long time. It says, um, when God wants to do an impossible task, he finds an impossible man and crushes him. Leave room in your yeah. life for the crushing of God. It's the curriculum that God uses to create a leader. Just nobody wants to talk about it. And it, you just it, had that like off the dome. You just had yeah. that quote. It, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, it's one of those, because it's one of those quotes that I heard it at, you know, our, my daughter's in the hospital. She would just yes, been born right. and I'm super broken. And, you know, uh, Charles Swindoll says it and, uh, I'd like to be able to call him Chuck. I just don't know him that well, but Charles says it and dude, it just like has stayed with me forever. And whatever your theological slant is causation allowance, whatever, either God caused it or allowed it, but he uses it to create us as leaders for his glory. And, and that's what I think I see a lot in, in you now. And you even said this to me, you probably don't remember you said this to me. We were having um, lunch at one time. You said, um, I've had a lot of dreams that I had lost come back to me. Yeah. And, and I think that so many times what ends up happening is, is we end up having our coping mechanisms or whatever, and we use those, but it also can quiet the voice of God at times in our lives and, and squash the dreams. And so God will either allow or cause hardship to bring us back to a place where our ears are open to what it is he is saying to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. That that was some of the collateral damage of this, se- this season of my life was that I I lost those dreams. Yeah. I, I, they fell way back here. Yeah. Um, and I... I I wasn't sensitized anymore to that mystic voice yeah. of Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you here. I'm going to speak to you here. I'm going to give you this vision. I'm going to give you this dream and man, cutting alcohol out this sobriety recovery journey. All of these things are coming back online. It's like yeah. God is rewiring things and going, remember that, remember yeah. this. Oh my, Oh, and like, so yeah, that's, and I, I want that for people. And bro, I'll just say this to you, like as, as a friend, like that sentence that you said to me has stayed with me mm. about certain areas of my life where I'm going, man, do I have something that wow. I need to deal with because I've allowed whatever the issue is and friends that know me listening to this would be like, yes, you have those issues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but it is, I think it's a very good thing that sometimes um, by our own escapes coping, you know, John, John Eldridge says there's a difference between relief and restoration mm-hmm. and, and sometimes our own um, pursuit of relief uh, in unhealthy ways can help us not hear the voice of God the way that we need to at times. Wow. 
Now, God can speak through anything, but everybody understands what I'm saying, hopefully. That's beautiful, man. Gosh. Uh, so one of the things, and we'll, we'll kind of end with this. I got two last questions for you. So um, every podcast we ask uh, the person being interviewed, what is it that you would like to ask the next person being interviewed? Mm. Um, and so the last guy that we interviewed was a guy named Lance Witt. And so Lance runs a ministry called Replenish. He's awesome. Been in ministry for a super long time. Um, and so I asked him, knowing I was interviewing you, and he said, uh, the question that he wants to ask you is, what conversation would you have with your 25-year-old self? Oh, my gosh. What conversation? Uh, I would just slap my 25-year-old self. Uh, you know what I'm like, saying? Like, that's right. Like, that's talk right. less. <laughs> There's, that's in there for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the conversation I would probably have with my 25 year, year old self is um, don't be a hero. Yeah. Uh, don't, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. You're out here, you know, trying to be, I don't know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, you know, like wild, wild west. Like yeah. I got this, I can do this by myself. Um, but man, uh, yeah, that's what I would say is that you, you need, you're going to need people. Yeah. You're going to need a few guys that you can get really specific about what's yeah. going on. Um, unfortunately that's a, that's a part of my life that I didn't engage fully until, until really recently. So yeah, that, that's probably what I would say. Definitely the talk less thing. Um, talk less, listen more. <laughs> For sure. I'm 42 and still working on that dog. I was about to say, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll be 40 next, next month. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, all I want, I just, yes, I'm like listening now. Yeah. I'm like, I, I wish I'd done that more in my twenties. Yeah. So, yeah. So for the next guy being interviewed, what question would you want to answer? Ask them. Mm. It can be anything. Question. I mean, there's yeah. no, um the next who is it do you know who it is i'm not i'm not quite sure yet um, it doesn't I matter i have an idea you can ask them anything i mean okay. we've had guys ask uh other guys if you had a song to pick to describe you what song would it be yours is apple bottom jeans i know but other <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> that's amazing uh, i don't I, the, the thing that came to mind was um what's something new that you're doing in in your life what's a new rhythm or a new skill gotcha or um what's something new that you're you're putting into your life um i think that's been something that i've been thinking about especially in the last couple of years what are these things these new rhythms I can put in my life, whether it's uh, a new activity or a new hobby or a new rhythm yeah. um, that, that, can, that I like that continues to grow and mature me. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. How, I, how am I continuing to evolve and, and learn new things? So I think that that I'll ask something around there. What, okay. what's, what's something that you're doing that's, that's new. Okay. You? I'm going to ask yeah. that, but what are you doing right now? What does that look like for you? Great. Great question. I should have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, you just, I mean, it was just we, like, you just set me like in a volleyball yeah. game, dude. Came in with the spike. <laughs> well, I think um, I've, this is going to sound, gosh, I, I have to answer this question, but it's going to sound like super. <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> I recently, I've really doubled down on the running. So I'm running a lot. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, I'm not training for anything, but I, I'm really getting into the, the metrics of it and how I fuel my body, what I'm yeah. putting in my body. Um, it's, it's becoming sort of a lifestyle change as opposed okay. to like, maybe I would run before, but it was like, I'm just going to go out and run. Cause I know it's something I should do yeah. now. It's more like a, um, a sacred space. I treat it as like kind of like a sacred space, not just the running piece of it, but how I'm eating, how I'm feeling yeah. my body, all of that. Um, that's a big part. And then reading, I've really doubled down on the reading yeah. thing. So I'm just, just trying to ingest as much. Yeah. Energy. You reading anything reading good right time. now? Um, right now I'm reading, I, I try to read. So in the morning I'll focus on like, like, so in the mornings I'm reading scripture, but also run with horses by Eugene yeah, Peterson, yeah, which yeah. is just yeah. phenomenal. Um, and then at night I'll do like an autobiography or biography okay. or fiction. Um, right now a friend of mine just rec recommended Shantaram. Never heard Have of it. Read Shantaram. No. Um, so it's, it's a really great, I just started it. So I'm not even sure what it what it's all about yet yeah it's really great we um, won't endorse it so, just in case it gets super weird halfway through I, well that's what i'm saying i'm not sure um we were just recently i we just finished um a book called the nightingale okay uh a big it's it, it was one of the most beautiful um fiction books i've ever read yeah. it's gorgeous cool um, but anyway i just i i love i love reading and and all that stuff um yeah that's cool. where I'm at. Well, brother, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy and got a lot going on. Uh, we're thankful for you, you. Um, and dude, just literally everything that you and Passion City and the Passion Band and the songs and the worship that you guys have brought to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited for you just as your friend, the new album. Listen, if you have not heard Christian's new album, you can get on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever music is sold, wherever music is downloaded, uh, you can get mm -hmm. it. I would just That's really right. encourage you um, to go and listen to it and and really listen to the lyrics and the words that he writes, because it it really is uh, like a journal of his journey, I think on yeah. mental health recovery, all that sort of stuff, which I'm so proud of you for, man, just really having the the guts to do it. And, um, and so I love you, you, dude. Bro. We love your family love you. um, so much. And so thanks for being with us. And, uh, you know, we'll likewise, talk man, likewise. And I love what you're doing. This is so important. It's so needed. And it's going to save people. It's going to save people's lives, man. So I'm grateful for you. I love talking to you today. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you.